0: Welcome to Interparty Conflict, the podcast where we answer your questions so you can have the best tabletop gaming experience possible. My name is Gabe and my name is Jeff and we are going to answer your questions today. But first, I have a question, Jeff. Uh-huh. How are you doing today?
1: Oh, I'm all right. Um, yeah. we've had a we've had another rough go. Our saga continues. Yeah, we're tr- tr- everything tr- going wrong. Yeah, trying to get Trying to record a, uh, an extra episode every weekend, and every weekend something happens.
0: Yeah, and pretty soon, because I have to work next weekend, pretty soon we're going to have to record our next uh, Patreon bonus episode. Yeah. So.
1: It's like, yeah, like.
0: <laughs> <sighs> I mean, it's, it's fine. It's fine. We're, yeah. we're still managing, but it's, it's just been stressful. Right, yeah. um, just... And now, like, because cause you had some, some issues mm-hmm. yesterday at home that, that uh, we weren't able to record yesterday. Yep. This has been a very bad week for me. Yeah. Um, I've had two pets die. Yeah. And one pet have a very uh, serious health scare. So. Yeah, it's pretty, that's really rough. It's been, it's been rough for, for everybody. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, I don't want to bring the, bring the show down though. So anything good
1: going on? (laughs) Um, I mean, I got, uh, I got, uh, I'm gonna be going to to Chicago pretty soon. Ooh, the windy city. <laughs> the windy city. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go uh, going to, going to Chicago to to um celebrate my uh my uh, parents' anniversary. So. Oh, cool. Um, I hate Chicago. <laughs> you hate it. I hate Chicago so much. <laughs> I mean, I, I I I never really go into the city. So like, it, it was like when my when my parent when my like folks lived in Vegas. Like, mm. I never really went to the Strip much. I just, sure, like, sure. Went to visit them, and that was it.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, cause I have, I've had family that lived, my siblings, I'm the youngest of my family and all my siblings, most of my siblings moved to Chicago a long time ago. And so every time I would have to, every time I went to Chicago, it was because one of my siblings was moving and needed help moving. (laughs) Being a male in the family, right? To, I was, of course, enlisted against my will right. to go and, and help the move. So that that kind of soured my my attitude towards Chicago. And then... There's probably a lot of stairs, I imagine. Yeah, Cause always.
1: It's, you know, like it, in city living, you're usually, it's like everyone you know is usually on like the 14th floor or something ridiculous. Yeah, something like that. And, uh, and not only that, but once I
0: was old enough to, you know, be able to be going there by choice, then yeah. I realized, oh, I have to drive around Chicago. Yeah. And my wife loves to go shopping. So whenever we go to visit family, she always wants to go shopping in downtown Chicago. Right. Sometimes I end up dropping her off and then literally driving around the block for 30 minutes until she's done. <laughs> I just, I hate big cities. Right.
1: It's, and yeah.
0: I hate Chicago in general. It's... Sorry,
1: sorry, shytown uh, town I'm not sorry. Chicago. <laughs> uh,
0: so, yeah. I,
1: like, I'm, I'm this, I'm the, I'm kind of the same with, with big cities. Like, uh, I don't even like, I don't even like driving through Ann Arbor most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, God, Ann Arbor's not even a big city. No, it's not. And I hate driving through it. It's the yeah. worst. It's like so many one way streets and, and oh, like my twists goodness. and turns and hills. And I like, hate one way streets so much. And like, you'll be driving down a lane and suddenly that lane is a turn only lane. But yeah. like, it's like, it's like, what? like you have to like, you have to, you have to change lanes to avoid ha- like being in a forced into a turn lane only sure. lane. And it's just, there's so many, like it, just because like it's not a grid it's like this loopy weirdness and like so they have to uh, but i hate one-way streets yeah and and, you know you're like okay i gotta turn right here nope i can't all right (laughs) yeah i know i i feel you and then like the next five streets are one-way streets in that direction you're like how do i get over there then like what then when you finally can't turn right you're like on a bridge yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's pretty rough yeah but um yeah, so, I mean, like, I, I, I'm i going to have to drive out there. But luckily, they don't live, like, they don't live in the city. They sure. just live sure. nearby. Well, that's good. Um,
0: So, before we get into the episode, there's a couple things I want to mention. So, last week I mentioned when I think it was Jason. Jason S. was the winner of the Chapel on the huh. And uh, I said that he was the one who introduced us to Crit Academy. Apparently, I was wrong about that. Oh. Now I have no clue who it was. I feel, I feel bad. I tried going back on Twitter through my tweets, but it wasn't it was something somebody tweeted at me so heck if i know how i'm <laughs> going to find that so what sorry a, whoever that is whoops yeah um <laughs> also when i was editing last week's episode and we were talking about um somebody who makes a pl- makes a character that conflicts with somebody else's character yeah i got to thinking and i realized that it it at first blush it sort of sounds like i was contradicting something else that i said a long time ago back when we were doing our episode about pvp stuff about like like or like stealing from the group okay and and also to a lesser extent when we talked about like whether or not you should do something quote-unquote because it's what my character would do oh sure yeah um in those episodes i was saying that like no you should never steal from the group you should never do something quote-unquote because it's what your player your character should do uh that's bad and you should feel bad (laughs) but then in this most recent episode i also said hey you know, isn't that kind of the point of the game is to to use your player agency for whatever you want, even if it conflicts with somebody else? And I thought about that because, you know, I, I'm always kind of interested when something I say conflicts with something else I say. Sure. Because I, I, I feel like I have pretty consistent thoughts
1: on things. So mm-hmm.
0: when, some, when two things do seem like they conflict, I have to sort of – I use that as an, as an opportunity
1: to look at why I feel the way that I do and right, yeah, kind see of, how it works. Yeah, you kind of like fine-tune what your view on it exactly.
0: is. Exactly. And so I – what I came, the conclusion I came to was that, um, well, it's, it's a couple things. First, if you are the player who is going to be doing something that is going to conflict with somebody else, I would say, don't do it. Don't do it. Unless, unless that is something that has been agreed upon earlier on.
1: Right. Like, yeah. Like if it's an idea between you and the other player, like, wouldn't it be fun if our guys had like a little rivalry, go right. Sure. Going sure. On?
0: Or if, at the, if during session zero or something, It was said, hey, there might be PvP. If it happens, is everybody cool with that? And everybody says yes. Then I'd say, fine, go ahead. But if if you are in just a normal campaign and you're like, hey, I'm making this character and it's totally going to screw things over for this other player, don't do it. Mm. That being said, if you are in a group where somebody else is doing this, you you don't really have a place to say what they... You can only say what you should be doing. Mm. You can't tell... You shouldn't tell somebody else what they should be doing. Just worry about yourself. If it happens... It sucks, but hey, you can make the best of that. Yeah. You know, also uh, a, cu- a couple other little things is that stealing from the group, I think, is its own special case. And like I I have a special hatred for that particular because um, because when you steal from the group, stealing money from the group or items from the group or whatever is directly affecting the outside of the game player because if you if you have less if your character has less money or less magic items that directly affects how much you can do with your character. Yeah. So like to an extent money is not just an in-game resource it is also an out-of-game resource because it affects what you can do with your character. Right. So yeah. what you do when you are stealing from from the group you are not just stealing from the characters you are stealing from the players. What you are doing is you are saying I, I'm willing to sacrifice your fun so that I can have more fun. And that is a problem. Yeah. Again, if you are the person who was thinking about doing that, don't do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I am okay with a player having specific issue with another player doing that because it is not purely in character. It is something that has reaches outside of the game. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Also doing something because your character would do it, quote unquote, is a terrible argument. Don't if you're going to do something that another player has issue with, do it because you want to do it. Not because it's what your character would do, because that's a stupid argument. And yeah, your character doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. Um, a friend of mine's got a campaign started up and I'm actually going to start playing in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our, our mutual friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I just don't have time or else I would have uh, tried to be in it too. Yeah. I like, I just, I'm, um, I'm pretty excited because I haven't had, you know, I haven't really had much time to play, but like we're, you know, we're going to be doing over roll 20 and hopefully that will work out. And he seems very enthusiastic about it, which yeah, is good, yeah. which is good. Cause that's, that's a good sign that it, you know, hopefully we'll make it past like the, the session three mark or something, <laughs> sure. which I think I like, I'm, I, he's very confident and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm way behind him. I'm, I'm right behind him. <laughs> You're way behind. I'm <laughs> way behind. Him. Um, and like, when he had asked me, like the question to come up, like what, what, what alignment was I going to be? And I was toying with being neutral evil. Okay. And, and then, and I was like, I was like neutral evil, but don't worry about it. Okay. I, he's like, but like, <laughs> what do you mean? Don't worry. But I'm just like, don't worry about it because I know, I know how to not do the, but my character would do that. Like I'm not sure. sure. like I, like the, the, the alignment, isn't going to control what I am going to make the character do. Okay. It's just going to control how I think, how I think the character thinks. Yeah. You know, to me, neutral evil is, is very selfish and like, you know, you're going to do what you want to get what you want, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to, you know, you're not necessarily going to go out of your way to do evil things. You're just going to, you're, you're just looking out for yourself. Even if that means like hanging out with a bunch of good aligned adventurers. Yeah.
0: Just like how a good character can be a good character without constantly donating all of their possessions to the Woodini. Right. Yeah, You know, an evil character can be evil without constantly murdering people. Yes. Yeah, so, evil does not
1: equal psychopath. Yeah. So, so saying it's what my character would do. It's like, no, it's like, no, that's what you're doing because you are in control of your character. Yeah. Like, you know, if it's if it's really going to be a problem for everybody that you're doing that thing, you should try and figure out way to not do that thing. Sure, sure. You know.
0: Yeah, I was, uh, just yesterday I was in a Facebook uh, discussion where um, I mean, this, this is a huge change, I'll just be brief about this, but people were saying, like, what's something you don't allow in your games? And one guy said, chaotic evil. And my response was, chaotic evil isn't the problem. The problem is players who want to act without consequence and DMs who don't enforce consequences. Sure. That's it. If there are consequences in your world, chaotic evil, pe- chaotic evil characters will not be a problem. Right, yeah. Because... They, they would not have gotten this far killing people randomly yeah. unless there were no consequences for killing people randomly. Right, you
1: know? yeah. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll either won't be chaotic evil, or they, they won't do the chaotic evil things, or they, they will... They will have restraint. Yeah, exactly. You know. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so, um, you ready to get into the episode? Sure. Cool. So, Jeff, I want you to imagine that you are... You're back in school. Oh no! Uh, yeah, I know it's the worst. And <laughs> so one day you're you're in class and the teacher is out of the room, and everybody's goofing off. You know, because the teacher's out of the room. What else are you gonna do? Right. And uh, everybody's throwing paper airplanes, or I guess paper airships. Ever are shown thrown around paper airships <laughs> sure. around the room. Um, one kid made like a paper sword and shield. Yep. And other stuff because apparently this is a fantasy
1: related school. Right. It's a it's a parchment plane.
0: Yes. Yes. So, uh, you are you're you're goofing around with everybody else, or actually no. Let's say, because because you know, I think you would show a little bit of of restraint, and so you are not throwing around parchment planes, <laughs> and but somebody throws one and it like goes straight towards you, and they're like, oh man, throw it back, throw it back, and you're like, okay, fine. So you grab it and you throw it back just as the teacher enters the room. Oh no! And of course, by that point, everybody else has stopped what they're doing, and so you know, as far as the teacher is concerned. He just walked in and saw, there's there's that troublemaker Jeff throwing that paper airplane. And he catches it and he crumples it up, throws it in the bag of devouring. And he <laughs> says, he says, Jeff, you are in big trouble. Uh-oh. You know where you're about to go? No. To the dragon's office. <laughs> or... Principals' horde, the Principals' horde, the Principals' horde. Yeah, you have to go to the Principals' horde. <laughs> uh, so our
1: our dragon's horde item for today. So that's in the it, like the 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 dragon's horde item was in like the uh, like the confiscated like bin at the <laughs> yes, office. Yes, it's like all like. The, oh, that would have been so much better. Like well, the slingshots and the you know. There you go. Or I, I slings
0: I, that would have been a yes, exactly <laughs> the slings. That would have been a better story, but i'm uh, I'm not gonna go back and record that. so so anyway, the item for today was submitted by Adam via email mm-hmm. and this is the circlet of scraw Scraw. yes, it is a wondrous item. Uh, it's legendary because this is Ooh. a this is a, a fairly powerful item. I don't think it's necessarily game breaking, but it's it's it it lets you do a lot of a lot of cool stuff.
1: I think it could be. Could be, could be based on one of the things. We'll get to it. We'll
0: get to that. So, Scraw was an ancient druidic warrior indebted to the spirits of the forests of Mm Lothri. It's got an O with a little slash through it, so I don't know how that's pronounced. Oh, anyway. I'm not sure. I apologize to anybody who speaks whatever language that is. Uh, He fought for countless centuries defending the ancient woodland from incursion and misguided humanoids intent on colonizing and cultivating the region. He would spend many hours and days in the form of creatures stalking and eventually attacking his prey. Over the years, his form became more beast than elf, and the very magic gifted to him by the woodland seeped into these thick brass bands of copper which adorned his arms. They appear to be stained with blood of an unknown origin, and upon closer inspection, it is clearly sap. Hmm. So, while wearing these bands, it's called a circlet, but, uh... I think a circle goes on your head. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, uh, while wearing these bands, you have a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with your attacks while in wild shape. Cool. And I'm curious. I probably should have asked him this. I'm curious. Does that mean your attacks count as magical for purposes of overcoming damage reduction? I, mm, I don't know. Pro-
1: probably. And but I think I think with the uh, with circle of the moon, you get. I think you automatically. Have oh, that, maybe you do. Okay. Think. Well, anyway.
0: Uh, also, whenever you finish a short or long rest you gain an additional number of wild shapes equal to your wisdom modifier. That's intense. I'm assuming that doesn't stack. But that means that like let's say you get I don't know, 3 wild shapes per day or whatever. Uh, Maybe it's now 6 wild shapes a day.
1: Well well the is is this 5th edition specifically? It is, uh as far as I know. Okay. 5th edition you only I think you only ever get two wild shapes or no i think i you, think you get more as you level up I, I think i think yeah i think you might be right i can't remember i'm uh, i'm building a druid so i'm trying to learn this stuff. <laughs> sure sure well so and uh i'm actually i this is a
0: little bit unclear but i'm uh it, it is either you i would imagine that you could go above your maximum because i think you get them all back when you do a long rest anyway so yeah. like you there wouldn't be any point to including the long rest if it wasn't able to go above your, your maximum but also, I'd say more importantly whenever you finish a short rest so like, if you're out and then you rest, oh, I've got like three more uses now mm. you know so that's that's
1: pretty cool. Do you have the player's handbook Um, yeah I, 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 I do want to check it real quick go Yeah, I think you only ever get to use it twice and Twice per day? Yep, yeah, and it is normally a short or long rest
0: Oh, okay, okay, this actually makes a lot more sense now it's basically just whatever the the two you get the number is just now higher yeah so okay that 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 makes a lot more and that, sense
1: and that's really good because it's like you don't get you only get the two until you get to level 20
0: where you can then do it
1: whenever right yeah which they could do it whenever, which is ridiculous when you think about it but yeah. it is level 20. So. sure
0: sure uh so so yeah that that actually is uh um that that is pretty that's pretty powerful but we're not even done that's that's not even all i can do right Quite possibly the most powerful yeah. part of this, maybe. You can also call upon the power of the forest and use your wild shape to transform into a fey creature of the same CR available to you in wild shape once per day. Right. So...
1: Fey? Some, some of the fey can have some really ridiculous, like spells yeah if
0: yeah. i recall there is a a fairly low level uh the fairly low level like pixie or something
1: yeah that can like summon other pixies summon other yeah which can summon other pixies or so, there's some something ridiculous yeah there was some weird build i remember like there's like where it's like you can If you, you, there's a certain level spell where you can summon pixies and Mm -hmm. those particular pixies can summon other pixies or something. Yeah, Some ridiculousness like that. And also
0: with all the different books that have monsters in them, like I have the Tome of Beasts. I haven't really read through it too much, but like there's tons more low level monsters in that. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you there's some low level Fae that can probably do some really cool stuff.
1: Right, yeah. So like you're, like, like, adding a creature type is... Like that, you uh, adding a type of thing that you can turn into, like is it's just a huge deal. Yeah, that's a huge deal. It's a huge bag of stuff that, like you know, like it's it's tough to say if this is a, like really powerful or overpowered mm-hmm. or something like that. It could be game breaking. Yeah, I mean it's legendary.
0: I would even say maybe it's. I would say it's probably closer to like artifact level. Sure, but, you know, but I'm I'm not intimately familiar with druids, so uh, right, and, like
1: so I'd have to like we'd have to like look through all the fae of like like because at most to be. Uh, CR6. Sure, sure. The sure. Uh, circle of the moon can go up to CR6 at level 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think this is
0: really cool. I think that uh, Wild Shape is a really neat thing. I don't play druids. I've, I've mentioned before, druids and rangers for some reason just <laughs> do not interest me at all. Sure. That being said, when I'm in a group with a druid, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the group, the, the D&D group that I'm in with some of my coworkers, uh, workers we were going through Tomb of Annihilation and then uh, we, the DM wanted to do something else. So we, so we sort of scrapped that and we just started a new campaign. But the, when we were in that, one of the players was a druid and he was pretty new to the game. So he basically just all the time he was a bear. Yeah. You know, cause we, we were doing, we were traveling for most of it. So all we were doing was just like one or two random encounters a day. So, okay. He'll turn into a bear and he'll just be a bear for yeah. this encounter.
1: Yeah. yeah cause uh, druids. Druid's kind of ridiculous, and, like, the more the more I've been building a character and reading up on it, like, a lot of people are kind of, like, might be overpowered yeah. in
0: some ways. I mean, they they just, they, bar none, have the most hit points out yes. of anybody.
1: And, like, I sort of, like, kind of, st- like, I knew that was sort of the case, but, like, when when was building a character? I was looking at I was I kind of look, was looking at druid, but you know nothing for no specific build or anything. I was just mm-hmm. like I was like I haven't I haven't played a druid yet. I want to maybe see what that's like. Yeah. But I was like oh, I have this wizard. I kind of want to do. But then Dave was like, oh, the the party's a little low on hit points. You want to maybe make the, like a beefy character? I'm like, yeah. I I, I, I'm, <laughs> I got you covered. I'm more than willing to to fill it fill a gap if there is one because I I don't mind make coming up with a new character concept. Yeah. Like cool. Like that's what I like to do. Oh no! And I, have I to make a new. I make another character. And then so I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, like, yeah, there is like wild shape is basically just like more hit points. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into 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 building a like tank like character, but, but but a druid. That sounds yeah. cool. And then I looked into it. And I'm like, oh, this is this is just mean. <laughs> like, it's. I, I even I even like saw a like I, I got, saw a little like clip of something somebody talking about it where like at like seventh level you have effectively 500 hit points or oh something ridiculous I mean, like very, i believe it's, it's situational it is yeah it's situational and like you have to calculate you have to like multi-class and calculate like resistance and stuff like that but like as far as like the raw numbers are concerned like it's like around 500 hit points or something at level sure. so, you know but like that doesn't mean you like you're gonna be effective you're just gonna be alive longer yeah you yeah
0: uh, whether or not they are powerful is one thing, but they they do have a lot of hit points. You yeah, can't absolutely. Really, they can take a lot of a lot of damage.
1: Yeah, so they're, they're very versatile and all that stuff. So, yeah, but yeah. I mean, and then like, but an item like this that adds the Fey that that just yeah. like there there are spells like you have access to spells that like some people don't even like. I'm sure there are things that Fey can do that players can't, like normal player characters can't do. Oh yeah, I'm sure. So,
0: yeah. So I think this, this is a really cool item. It is yeah. very, very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. If uh, if Dave ever says, hey, everybody, you get a free legendary item, maybe <laughs> I'll be, yeah, I'll suggest like, this
1: one. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, that sounds good. I'll take that one.
0: Sure. Uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think, it's, I think it's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, that'll do it for the Dragon's Horde. Jeff, if somebody wanted to submit items for us to discuss or questions for the show or stories for the funeral pyre, how would they get
1: those to us? I don't know, Gabe. Why do you ask me this every week? I don't oh, know. Oh. Uh, you know what i just thought what they can send us an email uh to interpartyconflict at gmail.com
0: oh that's really cool yeah awesome uh well speaking of sending an email to interpartyconflict at gmail.com yeah we have an adventure to give away oh yes yes as we usually do we've got a copy of chapel on the cliffs from goblin stone so today's winner is tim c whoa 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 winner. winner i'm glad that i don't pronounce people's last names because this one i would i would butcher it
1: so (laughs) it's a little it's 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 a little different
0: yes congratulations tim c so uh you should be getting this within the next 24 hours or so uh once you get it if you don't get it check your spam folder and if it's not there send us an email we'll we'll get you sorted out and after you've read it go ahead and let goblin stone know let them know what you what you thought about whether you liked it you didn't like it you know, seems like a, seems like a pretty cool adventure. Yeah. And Jeff, if somebody wanted to enter the drawing, mm. how would they do so?
1: They could maybe. maybe. I don't know. Like send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail dot com with Chapel on the Cliffs on the subject line. Ooh, I suppose they could. That's that's oh. pretty cool. Or
0: or. The Chapel on the Cliffs. We do have one person on the on the list that put the Chapel on the Cliffs. Oh sure, um, yeah. And and I should say we our our list is getting a little uh, a little light. Oh yeah. So if if you uh, if you enter, you've got a pretty okay. good chance of, right, yeah. of winning it. That's if true. not next week, then you know the week after. So yeah. yeah. So send us some emails. Get this free adventure. It's really cool. Cool. All right. Also, I want to talk about our Patreon. Yes. So we uh, we got our. Patron bonus episode up a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Actually, oh, one more thing I I goofed up on. I we that was all ready to go out on the first, and I completely forgot to set to upload it until a week later. Oh, no. So I apologize to all oh, of our no. all of our uh, patrons. I know we don't have like a set date in the month sure. that I get those out, but I'd like to get them out as close to the first as possible. Yeah, the whole week of the month, the whole first week. I was thinking to myself, oh, yeah, it's already out. No problem. And then when I went to go uh, just put up our our second uh, podcast this month, I looked on the Patreon and I was like, oh, crap. Oh. I never put that up at all. Whoops. So, again, I apologize that we got that out a week late, but it's there. I'm going to try to think of something to, I don't know, make up. I don't even know <laughs> if anybody noticed, but <laughs> I like to keep our, our patrons happy. So sure. we've got some cool stuff on our Patreon. It is uh, patreon.com slash interpartyconflict. We've got some good rewards. We've got bonus episodes. We've got some fantasy fiction. I still need to get this month's fantasy fiction written, but I have a cool idea for it. So I hopefully can start on that tonight. Cool. So um, yeah, fantasy fiction, outtakes, bonus episodes. We're going to be doing our... Uh, oh, oh, I keep thinking of cool stuff I'm going to talk about. We, we're we going to be doing um, our patron bonus game a week after this episode comes out. So the 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 day that our next episode comes out after this one. Okay. I don't know if you can make it, Jeff, but one thing I was thinking of doing, I haven't heard back from all of our patrons, but I'm thinking about running the second edition of The Mountain Witch.
1: So the game that my brother
0: made a long time ago, he's very close to coming out with the second edition of it. Uh He's going to be having a Kickstarter for it soon, but he wants to get just a little bit more playtesting done. He sent me all of the, the documents a while ago. I was thinking of trying to get a group together to do it. But then I was thinking, well, I mean, I could see if the patrons want to do it for our sure. Patreon game. Yeah. Possibly record it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah. once I hear back from them, um, you know, I think that, I think that'd be a cool thing to do if not, because it is different. It's different than D and a lot more serious. It is a lot more player driven. So I understand if not everybody wants to, right, yeah. to play that, yeah. but you know, Hey, if you're one of our patrons and you haven't responded to my, my message I sent you, let me know. Yeah. You know. If if you want to take take part in this and you're one of our top tier patrons, mm-hmm. that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, so it'll be what week from today, you said?
0: A week from t- Well, yeah. Well, a week from the day this goes out. So oh, okay. It'll be on the 20, 20, 22nd, I believe. Okay. Tuesday the 22nd. Okay. So that's our Patreon. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got some great stuff. Check it out. You know, even a dollar a month gets you some cool stuff and helps make the show better. Yep. Um, And then one last thing. Check out CritAcademy.com. Academy is a great podcast. Our friends over there. They do cool stuff. They have a great show. They give you they give you new and reusable stuff you can use in your own game, and also D and D Character Lab. Mm-hmm. They make characters. They they debate over whose is better, yeah. what's not to love.
1: I been, I mean I've been meaning to go through their episodes and find stuff on, uh, on druids and stuff like that. Just yeah like, yeah. I, I like you know I, I have not played a druid yet in fifth edition, so I want to learn as much as I can about it. Sure sure. All right, you want to get into some questions? Sure. Cool. Our first question for today comes from Lost Ranger Seventeen. This was on Reddit, and they ask. I have a friend I'd like to introduce to D&D, but they are hanging on to the negative stereotypes from the 80s. How can I get them to look past the stereotypes and see that it's not that bad?
0: Yeah. So there's there's a few different ways. And um, I think that... I'll just say that this, this very largely has to do with a lack of understanding. Sure. Yep. Um, if someone thinks that D&D is evil or satanic or whatever, it's because they don't know what D&D is. Right. And... I'm not going to be in any way uh, saying anything negative about religion, but I would say this is almost entirely because of re- like religious groups who pushed the negative stereotypes. Sure. So whether whatever religion you do or do not subscribe to, I'm not mm. saying that the religion is bad. I'm just saying these these stereotypes were, were largely religion
1: based. Yeah, we're yeah, it's not. This isn't a stab at religion. It is it is sometimes sometimes people overreact. Correct. Absolutely. And that's that's really where it comes down to. Sometimes people will overreact and then they and they overreact to something they don't understand and mm-hmm. bad things happen.
0: Yeah. And because this is something that is most likely religion based, it's gonna be very hard to convince someone that it is wrong. Right. Because they were most likely told this by someone whose word they take as literal gospel. Yes. So if someone that who's who's advice you value with your life mm. or more right. tells you that this thing is bad you're probably not going to trust someone else who just out of the blue says like oh no no it's fine right you know yeah so the easiest way and also the kind of shadiest way <laughs> to convince someone that D is not bad is to just call it something else Sure. Instead of saying, hey, let's play Dungeons and Dragons, you could say, Hey, let's play Pathfinder. Right. Let's play this uh this this tabletop game uh-huh. where you act out a story. Yeah. It's called Pathfinder. I can be an elf. I can, you know, you can you can solve puzzles and stuff, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then nobody's gonna be like, ooh, Pathfinder. I remember hearing that 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 game encouraged uh devil worship because Pathfinder didn't have that, that connotation because even though it is ninety nine percent D anD D, right, it has a different name. The branding is is yeah. a huge part of this, right? So you could just you could just t- t- play Pathfinder, right? You could play D anD D but call it something else, or, or you, know, you
1: know, or you could put a, play a similar but different like themed uh, different uh, different themed uh, tabletop game. Definitely, yeah, something like you know, like. A gateway drug. Ooh. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> that we're trying to get away sure, from the sure, stereotype. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it, you know, you play a gateway tabletop game. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, but I mean, like, it, like, you know, something simple and isn't the same theme. So, like, you know, if it's, if it is, like, like, oh, you're, uh, like, elves and orcs and, you uh, and you know you're fighting like you're fighting demons and devils sometimes. Yeah. So, so like you know that having those in the game could make it a little bit harder for them to kind of accept. Sure. Do um, you
0: know? Um. Sorry, this is a small tangent, but, um, you know how devils are called, or at least in some editions, devils are called tenari, and then demons are called like batazu. Oh, and then there's like yugoloths and stuff like that. Are you familiar with th- with those terms? Sort of, yeah. Those came about because, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, because D&D got the neg- negative stereotype with having to do with demon worship and so on, when 2nd edition came around, they were like, okay, let's just call them something else. Sure. They're not devils. They're Tenari. They're sure. not demons. They are Batazu. Yeah. They're not daemons or whatever the heck, the neutral evil ones. They're yugoloths. And so that was very much a case of just rebranding. A lot of second edition stuff was exactly the same as first edition. They just called it something else, right? Yeah. And so a lot of those things uh, carried over. Mm-hmm. So um, th- you make a good point, which is it might not be the D and D name, although it probably is the D and D name. Sure. It is also well, that stuff that has to do with like magic and dwarves and whatnot. You know that that might send some some red you know trigger some red flags in these yeah. people's minds. Um, I would say if, depending on how well, you know, these people, your friends or whoever they are that have the negative stereotypes, there are probably some other things that they are okay with that are very similar functionally. Mm -hmm. Try and find out, uh, how they think of Lord of the Rings. Right. If they like Lord of the Rings, tell them, Hey, we're going to play a Lord of the Rings game and then run D and D, but in middle earth. Yeah. That's the easiest scenario possible. Sure. If they like Harry Potter, I mean, I think that it is very likely that if they are, if if they are following a a religious hatred for D and D, they are likely also following a religious hatred for uh for Harry Potter. But sure. if they aren't, you could take D and D and play it in a more modern setting and say it's a Harry say it's a Harry Potter game. Set sure. it in Hogwarts. I'm sure. Lots of people who don't hate D&D stereotypes would love to play a Hogwarts game. I'd right. love to play
1: a Hogwarts game. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure somebody has probably made some form of Harry Potter like conversion for sure, sure. for D&D or something.
0: And even one thing I was thinking uh is I would I would venture to guess most people who who um are following a a a religious attitude towards D&D mm-hmm. are probably fans of Narnia. Are you familiar much with Narnia? Yeah. When I was a kid, I was I I knew like every word of the Narnia books <laughs> front and back. You could yeah. ask me, like, oh, hey, who is that one character from that one book? And I would be like, oh, it's this guy. Mm. And right. Narnia is so stereotypical fantasy. Right, yeah. You know, like it you could run a DD game in Narnia.
1: So easily, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't take much effort at all. Yeah,
0: you could even just say, hey, you're just playing D and D in a normal D and D setting, but the main characters are humans from our world who got transported into Narnia. Mm. That is such an easy thing, and that is going to be much more palatable for uh, for religious people, yeah, than D and D is, you know. And and I I don't even think that that is necessarily uh, dishonest. It's a little bit dishonest if you don't call it D and D or whatever, but yeah you don't have to be using the D and D rule set. You could use pathfinder and set it in Narnia. And then nobody is going to know nobody who doesn't know that D and D, what D and D is right. Is going to have issue with that. And the people who know what D and D is aren't going to have issue with it because it's
1: D and D isn't, isn't evil or, or if they know what D and D is and they still have an issue with it they're you're probably not going to get them into play. That's, like, that's a
0: good point. Yeah. Um, some people you just aren't going to be able to convince them otherwise. Yeah. This might even have weird, uh, weird implications. Um, I uh, we have uh, a friend Nick. He actually passed away a long time ago, but mm. I, was, I was childhood friends with him for years and years, and I played D and D with him for like two years, and he still considered D and D to be demonic. And it's like, dude, we we played in the same games. What what are you talking about? He obviously didn't let it stop him from playing the game. He sure. enjoyed playing the game more than he enjoyed boycotting D&D for the, the you know, the right. satanic quote unquote uh, association. Right. Yeah. But he's somewhere in his mind. He still considered D&D to be satanic, even though he had played the game. I yeah. just, I do not understand that. <laughs> anyway. So some people, you just are not going to be able to convince them. And I, I don't know. I don't know how to, what to tell you in that case, other than to say, you don't have to play D&D either in, in, in rule set or setting. You could very easily, if you just want to introduce them to role-playing games, because role-playing games as a whole, nobody can say role-playing games are evil because it is literally just you're you're telling a story. And that story doesn't have to involve magic, doesn't mm. have to involve devils. Yeah. You could play a game of the terrible RPG where you're, I don't know, uh superheroes or something. Yeah. You could play I one of the the guy who who gave me the the name that we use for this podcast the guy who who said that he was starting in, he was the kind of player that starts interparty conflict dang. he told me that he played a game of of gurps the generic universal role playing oh, system sure? where the characters the players were babies trying to escape from a daycare <laughs> Nobody can look at that and say that it is satanic. Uh-huh. You're literally just playing a storytelling game. Right. Now, of course, D&D is just a storytelling game, but mm. you know, old habits die hard. People who have these stereotypes are not going to easily notice when the stereotypes are in are in incorrect or inaccurate. Uh-huh. But you can't fault people for believing what they believe necessarily or you should. You shouldn't fault people for believing what they believe. So, if you just want to get someone into role playing, use a simpler. And not only not only will that get rid of the, the stereotype, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say D and D is not the most newcomer friendly game in the world. Sure, there's a lot yeah. of rules to D and D. That's true. A lot of things that are not going to make sense. A lot of things that will make that will take forever for a person to start caring about.
1: Yeah, one of the, one of the players in the, in the in Dave's in Dave's group is is a purely new yeah player so that like he's he's a little he's a little nervous about that but like you know that um that gurps baby thing yeah makes me think of like rugrats absolutely, like, like it's, absolutely. Rugrats, the, it's rugrats the, the the tabletop rpg i would play rugrats the RPG. i think RPG. that'd be pretty like the, like a tabletop <laughs> rugrats game would be would be great yeah um have you heard the theory that uh, uh that tommy pickles is actually a time lord
0: <laughs> no no i have not
1: it's well it, i i think i think there are actually just doctor who references in okay uh that, that Rats, may be but like he has like he has a screwdriver And like, okay. The doctor uses a a sonic screwdriver. I mean, it's not
0: really a screwdriver, but go on, go on. He
1: uses uses the sonic screwdriver (laughs) to like, uh, to like do a lot of stuff. And Tommy, Tommy has his toy screwdriver that he uses to like get out of the, (laughs) out of the playpen and through and like through other things and stuff like that. Okay. All
0: right. (laughs) Sorry. Fan theories. I think they're, they're fun, but like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Every single, every single intellectual property has a fan theory that is related to Dr. Who. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well every yeah.
0: single one because i mean to be fair every single intellectual property has a doctor who reference somewhere in. It. sure like, we can yeah. be honest
1: about that because yeah doctor who's such a big thing it, like it's yeah. such a yeah <sighs> anyway
0: anyway so so if you are going to be introducing someone new to the game whether they have the the stereotypes in mind or not mm. you might want to start with something that is a little bit more rules light I don't want to always be recommending stuff other than D&D because I love D&D. It's my favorite role-playing game. But I think a game where you can show someone one sheet of paper that has literally all of the rules they need to know.
1: What Here. so? Uh, you you, met, you were mentioning one page. I was thinking of the one page adventures. I was like, oh yeah, like the witch is dead. Wait, don't do that one. <laughs> yes, don't don't uh, d- don't do that. Just, don't do that just one where so you're soon. where you're playing the familiars of a witch that is like terrorizing a town and was recently killed. That, yeah, that's a little bit too close to to like witchcraft oh, and de- devil A little, little bit. Shit. So a little bit. Maybe not that one. <laughs> although I do recommend that one to anybody else.
0: Yes. Yeah. Really, any of any of uh, of Grant Howitt's uh, one page RPGs. I think they just they're they're they either just released one or they are about to release one called it's like
1: De- Devil Worship.
0: <laughs> no, it's called uh, like Jason Statham's <laughs> Summer Vacation or something. Let me actually <laughs> let me actually look it up. <laughs> Hang on. Okay. Uh, it's it's called Jason Statham's Big Vacation. It's just, they did an episode about it on Hardy Dice Friends recently and uh, I just thought that was ridiculous. Anyway, a lot of the games that they make are just like one goofy idea. Uh-huh. They're like, how can we make this into a role-playing game? Yep. And so there are, there are so many games that if someone has, if someone already has like this, this attitude of D&D is bad, they're going to be, it's going to be much easier to convince them that it isn't if they don't have to learn a ton of rules, yeah, in order to determine whether it's evil, or right?
1: Not. Yeah, you don't you don't want to give them ex- more excuses to not play it. Exactly, because exactly. If they're if they're already not really wanting to play it, if you put a bunch of rules in front of their face, they're gonna be like, I just I don't want to I don't even want to bother with this. Yeah. So so the best way you the best
0: best best way you can convince someone to get rid of the D&D stereotypes is to get them to play D&D. Mm. The second best way you can do it is to get them to play a different game that is that is essentially D&D, but isn't D&D. Yeah. Whether it is, I don't necessarily condone, you know, I, I don't really want to condone like lying to them and playing D&D but calling it something else. But if you can just get them to play a role-playing game mm-hmm. so they can see, oh, this is what, uh, that sixty minutes episode was talking about when they the people were talking about making a character and playing a character. They weren't talking about like demon worship. They were talking about a storytelling game. Yeah. And so the easiest you can you can usher them into role playing games in general. The easier it will be to get them to then make the small the now smaller leap to the same thing but in a fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. So. I don't want to fault anybody for for thinking that D&D has these negative uh negative things to it, but um but, but just because that comes from ignorance, that it's not that it's not necessarily that the people themselves think that D&D is bad, it's that they just don't know any better. Yeah. So try not to hold that against them, but if you can, try to educate them. In, in a way that is, is going to be as, as smooth for them as possible. Mm. Yeah. Like you were saying, Jeff, you don't want to give them more reasons not to like it.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah, like a, a whole, several books of rules isn't exactly like, you know, it's not, it's not the easiest thing to get into. Seriously. So, um, I,
0: I do very much recommend either trying to play a Narnia game mm-hmm. or a Harry Potter game. Or a Lord of the Rings game, if they if they are at all interested in any of those, because yeah. it would be so easy for them to play a Narnia game and then be like, "Oh, it's the same D and D is the same thing. It's just not Narnia,
1: right? Yeah, you know and what I mean. Like, so, something that they're more familiar with as a story and yeah. not a cult, I guess, or whatever. Sure. Like it, like it's like it's like oh, you mean like the books? Oh, this is like a story. Oh, it's a storytelling game. Yeah. I get it. You exactly,
0: know? exactly. And if if they do have a pastor or somebody telling them Dungeons and Dragons is bad or Lord of the Rings is bad. I guarantee you that pastor is not also going to be saying Narnia is bad because Narnia, Duh, yeah, was was pretty much made to be a Christian fantasy setting. Right? Yeah,
1: definitely. You yeah, know? yeah. It's so got, it's got those it's got those tones.
0: Yes, and I mean, I don't think Narnia is the greatest series in the world, but I would play in a Narnia game. Absolutely. You yeah, know? like I, I I love those books. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, those are what, those are the things I recommend usher them in with some sort of a game. Maybe that's a little bit easier to, to get into than D and D. And if you have to use a setting that they're more comfortable with, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, I think if you do that, as long as you don't completely flub it and, and do a a terrible job introducing them to it, I think, I think you can convert anybody from being a D and D hater to being at least a D &D and D neutral person, right? You know? I'm not saying everybody is going to like D and D.
1: Right. Yeah. D and D is not, for, not everybody. for everybody. No.
0: But there isn't anything to hate about it, uh, as, as far as that's concerned.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. You know. I mean, like, yeah.
0: There's you, there's stuff you can dislike about D and D. No problem. I'm not saying. Yeah. I have a problem with, with that. There, but
1: yeah, there there'll be like rules or things like that that I'm like, ah. But yeah, but as far as a whole, like as right. a concept, I don't oh, hate D and D. And also this this I don't think this was in the spirit of the question.
0: Um, but I will say some. Aside from the, you know, devil worship stereotypes, mm-hmm. maybe they're also uh taking into account the negative stereotypes of like uh bad hygiene and bad social skills. The best way you can fix that is get better hygiene, <laughs> better I guess. Hygiene. You know.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah, that, that played in that played into the stereotype. I, I guess, yeah. Uh, the you know, like just the the antisocial people were the ones who was playing it. So like the the ones that like, oh, I don't I don't know about that kid. Like sure, know, sure, he's, he's always hiding in his basement and lighting candles and wearing cloaks, <laughs> right? Yeah. So so if if those
0: are the negative stereotypes sure, you're talking yeah. about, which I don't think they are, right. then just you know, just just be a, a better person. I guess don't do don't, um, don't be a jerk to people that you're playing D and D with. Yeah. Take other people into account when, when, you know, uh, I I guess bathing or just, (laughs) just dealing with, with people in person. Don't, don't try to introduce somebody in the game and then be the guy who's like playing a, uh, sexy elf chick that is constantly describing every lewd thing that she does. (laughs) You know, just don't do that. Don't do that regardless of who you're playing with, but especially don't do that when you're introducing somebody to the game. Right. You know,
1: all right. Our next question comes from Steve. This was on email. How do you feel about the massive damage rule? Do you think it's worth incorporating into the game? Sure. Um S- so like what, what like fifth edition has like a, a variant rule for that? And I think third edition has something like it.
0: Yeah. So in third edition, the death from massive damage rule was anytime anytime you took an attack that was 50 damage or more. Okay. You had to make a, I want to say it was like a DC ten or fifteen fortitude save. And if you failed, you died. <laughs> which back then 50 damage was not a lot. Right. You could, you could deal 50 damage pretty easily, yeah. even at relatively low levels. Yeah. And
1: in the mid to late levels. That's like, that's, that might be happening, you know, maybe once around to somebody
0: possibly, like I would say most of our high level campaigns, everyone was taking 50 damage in a single yeah. hit. I mean, like once around,
1: I think I built a, th- like we, I think we were going into like epic levels at that point, but I was mm-hmm. building a like a 3.5 character that was doing like, Four or five hundred damage on a crit, you know, like a lot of damage. Sure.
0: So uh, in third edition, it was a flat. If you 50 damage in a single hit or more, you had to make a save in fifth edition. It's it's a little different. The uh, you instead have to take damage equal to half your hit points or Mm. more in a single hit Half your half, your maximum in a single hit. So if you have 30 hit points taking an attack that is 15 or more hit points in a single attack. Yeah. And then again, you have to make a, it is a DC 15 constitution saving throw, but then rather than just dying, you you don't just immediately die there. You roll a D 10 and then there are five different things that can happen on a roll of a one, the creature drops a zero. So like you have a one in 10 chance of on a failed save, to drop to zero. You're not even dead. Yeah. You're just at zero. You're at zero and you have to make saves. Sure. Uh, d- uh Death saves on a two or a three, you drop to zero, but you're stable. Yeah. So you, you are out of the combat. However, you have no chance of immediately die of, of, of dying unless an enemy continues to attack you. Sure. And then on a four or a five, you are stunned until the end of your next turn, which mm-hmm. it sucks, but you don't take any addition, additional damage or anything. All right. On a six or a seven, you can't take reactions, and you have disadvantage on your attack rolls and ability checks until the end of your next turn. So for, you're not stunned, but for one round, you kind of suck at everything. And then on a on an eight to ten, you just can't take reactions until the end of your next turn. So like you you are so like you you've got you're seeing stars. You yeah. can't qu- you can still act but you can't react. Yeah, it's as like well.
1: a shell shock sort of thing. Yeah.
0: And in Fifth Edition this is explicitly a variant rule. Yeah. So you can chew, you can opt into it, but it is not part of just part of the base rule. Whereas right. in Third Edition it was part of the base rules.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I say just take out the drop to zero thing just cuz like that's yeah. like getting one hit it, like it, it sucks. You know, just like it, getting taken down in one hit is just rough and you yeah. didn't drop to zero when you have more hit points like that that's just that just sounds really rough but i kind of like you know it like i like the variant rule if 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 like you know if you do get a massive amount of damage in one blow like there might be some like something bad happens something it, bad could happen
0: it could be that you're just taken out of the fight for a round which is yeah. what happens when you're stunned or could just be that you you just can't you just can't you know take reactions because you're you're seeing stars or whatever right yeah yeah i don't think it's it's terrible Mm -hmm. um however i I, for anybody who is interested in adding into their campaign some things to take into account like we've talked about with um with like critical fumbles and such yeah this is something that might seem cool for your players but i guarantee
1: you statistically speaking it is going to prove bad for your players exclusively right yeah the it's the like the it's going to happen more for the enemies than the players yeah. basically.
0: Maybe a little bit less than critical hits. I'll get to that in a minute, but right. um if it happens to a bad guy, oh no, the bad guy possibly dies a couple of rounds earlier. Yeah. He was going to die anyway. If it happens to a player, that can be a lot worse. Now, these aren't explicitly uh instant kills. Right. They are inst- they could be instant uh in- instant unconsciousnesses. Yeah. But uh, but but it, it a player being taken out of the battle is much less fun for that player than one monster being taken out of the battle is for the DM because the DM probably has several monsters. Right. So one monster being taken out. I mean that might have been his gonna...
1: favorite. It might be a bummer, but I, mean, I guess maybe oh, there's always going to be the next adventure. Right. So so if you are
0: the player, it is it is like without question less fun for that to happen to you. Yeah. Than what happens when when it happens to a monster. So keep that in mind. I don't think it is quite as bad for players as, like, critical fumbles or whatever. Because critical fumbles are completely irrespective of who or what is doing the attack. Whereas with this, I've, I've mentioned previously that monsters, generally speaking, do less damage than players do. Sure. Um, monsters are meant to take damage, not necessarily to deal damage. Whereas players are meant to deal damage and less to take damage. So I think in... In general, I don't really know this, the exact numbers on this, but it is probably less likely for a monster to deal half of a player's health in one attack than it is for a player to deal half of a monster. Well, no, because monsters have a lot of hit points.
1: I don't know. I'm actually not sure if yeah. that factors in at all.
0: Yeah, that's true. Just yeah, because if
1: they have a higher hit point pool, than, then like the, the 50% mark is a lot yeah. tougher to reach.
0: So, I don't know. Just keep in mind that... If you are going to introduce this into your game, it might, you might see it happening more to players than to monsters. Yeah. M- maybe. I I guess I don't actually know. I thought I did, but mm. um, it is it is not something that is going to definitely make the game more fun. It might. Some players just seem to think that randomness is fun. I don't. Yeah. But and some DMs you know, think that killing their players is fun. That's that's true. Yeah. That's true. We did talk about that last episode. So Um, if you want to use it, I think the fifth edition version is, is pretty good. I I think it's a pretty good way of dealing with it. Yeah. You know, use it at your own risk. Like, like all variant rules. Yeah. Use it, use it at your own risk. If you want to try it out and then you don't like it, take it out. You know, um, I think the third edition version was, was real bad. Yeah. Because it was a set amount of damage. Yeah. Flat 50. You were, everyone is going to be taking 50 damage in a single hit all the time at high levels and you can also say okay well you'll be able to make that dc 15 fortitude save really easily not everybody not everybody but i mean back in 3rd edition everybody did get better at all saves as they went on sure in 5th edition if you're not proficient in a skill or in a in a save you're going to be as bad with that save at 20th level as you were at first level yeah because you don't get you don't add anything to it other than your ability modifier in 3rd edition everyone did get bonuses to all all saves, just like certain saves were going to be worse than other saves. Mm. But even still, in third edition, a natural one on a save was an automatic failure, no matter what. The guy who first ever taught me to play the game, uh, his name was also Dave, but a different Dave than than you're talking about. Um, he told me a story about he had a character that was a like 20th level barbarian or something. And he was super heroic. He was uh, super tough to take down. But there was a time when they were playing... He rushed into a room with some bad guys. One of them hit him Hit him with a cone of cold. He easily tanked the damage. However, it was more than 50 damage. And he thought, okay, I've got like a plus 20 to my fortitude save. There's no way I'm going to fail this. Hmm. But then he rolled a natural one. Yep. Which meant that at that level, that meant that any attack had a one in 20 chance of killing his character. Yeah. And so he failed that save and his character died. And uh, for whatever reason, he decided not to have that character come back, you know, not to have that character raised. And so that character was killed by nothing, something that should have been nothing to him. Right. For some people, maybe that makes the game more fun, but I really don't think it does. I I don't think that players should never die or even that sh- they should never die just as a result of a random role. But I, I just think that a combination of things that shouldn't be any threat to your character shouldn't be able to even a, even in like a one in a hundred chance, shouldn't be able to just randomly kill your character yeah. with, with nothing you can do about
1: it. Right. And yeah. Like having, having a character die is not fun, but having it die in like that, just a, like what? Uh, oh, okay. Sort of moment. Like, yeah. It's not even like you can't even tell that story. Like we yeah, wouldn't be able exactly. to have that on the funeral pirate. It's not like it's just we I My I, character walked into a room and died. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. This, next time
0: on Interparty Conflict. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so um I think that the third edition rule was pretty bad. Yeah. I think the fifth edition rule does a does a good job oh, of it. Sure. If I was going to integrate it, it would be the fifth edition version. Yeah. And uh if if the players wanted to do it, I would. I would let it happen. Mm. I would keep a close eye on, on how often it's happening, you know, but I think, uh, you know, I think the fifth edition version is the best the best version of it that could be made.
1: Yeah, I, f- I feel like people must like that sort of thing. Otherwise, the fifth edition variant wouldn't exist, I guess, yeah. just because like like if they recognized that it was that the 3rd edition one was bad they wouldn't have been in there and if yeah. it wasn't in there the variant wouldn't exist in 5th uh, edition because sure, sure. it wouldn't be a thing that people liked and was were mad that didn't come back in fourth edition or something yeah yeah
0: because I, I don't think it wasn't in, in like
1: why didn't why didn't they have the the i step on a nail that does exactly 50 damage and <laughs> right. kills me instantly even though i have 400 hit points why, Right? why isn't that in the game anymore that's uh that's, that's why i hate fourth edition that's a nasty nail right there <laughs> yeah.
0: um here's here's a here's an idea i'll propose uh-huh uh you suggested taking out the the, the first two options on that 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 role yeah what if you replaced them mm-hmm. with long-term or short-term madness <laughs> i do love the, the long and short-term madness table maybe you get hit so hard that you you, you take and not necessarily permanently right. maybe just like for a day or something right yeah you now have a a a madness. Yeah, you, you you now go slightly insane because you saw the other side, right, or or just something. Got hit in
1: the head so hard. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of really, <laughs> I kind of want to try that. And anyway, he's always trying to get people to use the madness chart. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's so fun. good. Yeah, no, it's it's it, it, it's interesting. Like that sort of thing is fun and interesting because mm-hmm. it it like it doesn't stop the game for somebody. It exactly just changes the game a little bit. Exactly
0: the the. The the worst penalty you can give is to uh is to take away the game. Yeah. Like like this is sort of a weird variant of something that is said, uh, has been said many times on Duckfeed.tv podcasts, but the the best reward you can give is more game. Yeah. So if if you can if you can have something where instead of a bad role meaning, oh, you can't play anymore, if you can instead make it a bad role means hey. You still get to play the game, but now you have to play the game a little a different way. Yeah, that's probably the best the best penalty you can give. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think it could be really cool using the fifth edition variant, maybe with the change I suggested, maybe as maybe as it's written. <laughs> sure. You know, yeah. I don't want to. I've never play tested this, so I don't, right. Yeah. I don't want to say that my way is is great. Yeah. I just came up with it off the top of my head, but I think it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So I am not against the massive damage rule in this edition. The ma- massive damage rule. But use it at your own risk, like any any variant rule. Yep. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for questions for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's take a deep breath. <gasps> <sighs> and let's uh, sit back. Let's toss another log onto the funeral pyre. And this one is also submitted by Adam via email. hmm he says, "I have a story for the funeral pyre. In my other campaign, Curse of Strad, we have had another death. Ooh, ooh. The often mischievous and troublesome shifter bard, along with the group, entered Ravenloft Castle. And that's that's always a good way to start a, a funeral pyre story. Because <laughs> anyway, uh, where else is it going to go? Right. Uh, where they proceeded into the dungeons, unbeknownst to the party, they were being watched by Strad himself upon entering his tomb." Hidden in the shadows, none of the characters noticed him. They proceeded to leave the room, all except the bard, who decided to graffiti on Strahd's tomb. (laughs) Whereupon Strahd stepped out of the shadows and proceeded to snap the bard's neck silently. Halfway through the bard writing, "Fuck you, Strahd.
1: (laughs) So, so yeah. um, I mean, good effort from the bard. (laughs) I mean, you know... A little, a little heroic vandalism never hurt anybody until it snaps your neck. Until it hurts somebody, <laughs> right? Yeah. But
0: uh, hey, if if I'm gonna go out, if I'm gonna go out doing something foolish, it's gonna be,
1: it's gonna be that. Oh, the the I forget the Dungeons of Dreadmore. There was like you're in a basically you're in a lich's like dungeon. Yeah. And there are like statues of the lich that you, if you destroy, it says heroic vandalism, (laughs) and you get like (laughs) you get a little bit of experience for it.
0: All right, well, um, so so let's uh, let's raise a glass in memory of. You didn't give a name, so let's call him Banksy in memory (laughs) of Banksy, the mischievous and troublesome shifter bard. (laughs) Clink. Uh, That'll do it for today. To submit questions for us to discuss, items for the Dragon's Horde, or stories for the Funeral Pyre, please email us at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. For show notes, a running list of questions asked, and important links, go to interpartyconflict.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash interpartyconflict, or our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash interpartyconflict, where I post weekly discussion questions for you. We're also on Twitter at inpartyconflict. Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, YouTube, anywhere you download podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe, or just tell a friend. We have a Patreon, so check out the rewards at patreon.com slash conflict There's a few different tiers, so anything you can spare, even a dollar a month, would go towards making the show better, and you'll get bonus content for it. Jeff, tell us about FriendQuest. FriendQuest is our YouTube channel where we play video games. Yes. And if you'd like to submit some of your childhood memories of going to the arcade, write them to us in an email or record it yourself and send it to us at arcadememoriespodcast at gmail.com. Also, head over to bit.ly slash interpartyconflict to take a short survey about our show, what you like, what you don't like, etc. And just for taking it, you'll get two free printable board games courtesy of Mary and Tom over at com. And our music is made by Boxcat Games from Nameless the Hacker's RPG. So Jeff, until next time, F*** you, Strad.